So did you hear a, a banging before we started recording? We got where we were getting ready? Like like during JWF or after? No, no, after. Like uh, when we were getting ready for this. I don't think I did. I was, Wait a minute. Oh, wait. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. I was very concerned. I was like... <laughs> I. My genuine thought was I was like, oh, Blake's making him a cocktail as well. You just do it like a violent animal just <laughs> running across your living room, shaking a tin above your head. No, I was getting ice because uh, my ice trays were out and I didn't fill them up earlier today. But I do have about a half inch thick sheet of ice on the bottom of my freezer where I had a hole in my ice tray and I just never cleaned the ice up. So I just decided to get a knife and a hammer. No. And just do 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 like just chip a few bits off. Like the fucking boys from Frozen. You were just <laughs> letting them out, baby. No. Let's go. You know, I am a bit of a fixer upper. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time for a load. I'm talking about a load, a load of BS, the show that brings your whiskey dreams to life, featuring the two best damn men of all time, and I'm talking about he, the B to the L-A-K-E, that's right, it's Blake Tanner. And certified whiskey expert, Scotty Moore. I'll fucking, I'll take that, I'll take that. <laughs> Cocktail making, shirt designing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. Okay, we need to talk, because like, we haven't been able to just talk on this show, but since it's a Southern Mythology episode, we can just chat whiskey for a few, and chat about the fact that I got two free bottles of whiskey last week. You did, you did get two free bottles. How much do you have left in that one bottle? We'll get into that because I'm bringing it to the table later, so don't, don't. But (laughs) for one, I just bought a t-shirt, and then he was like, oh, cool, you're in a competition to win a a barrel pick. So uh, good good friend of the show who does not know this show exists, Matt from Wrestling With Whiskey. He uh, he went to New Rift Distilling Company, and they just he just fucking got a barrel. He was just like, this barrel is mine now. And I was like, okay. And so uh, he he sent me a bottle of that. I've yet to try it because part of me is like, I want to like try to do a video with him trying it for the first time. So I'm going to save it because I don't know what's in it yet. Although the other part of me is kind of like, I want to sneak a peek at the Christmas gift. That way, if it's disappointing, I can still do a good reaction. <laughs> and not show <laughs> me smell it and be like, <laughs> sick. I this is trash. This is absolute no. It's it, everything I've heard is it's very good. So that was one bottle. The other one, uh, I blame entirely on you and Dylan. So I'm very happy. Actually, no, no, oh, no. Good. It was my computer. My computer did this because we were getting ready to record Fight Boys, and my computer blue screened on me, and I said, "Oh, we can't record tonight." And you guys go, "All right." And I lied (laughs) and said, I'm going to go fix my computer now. What I actually did was spend two hours working on cocktail recipes for a competition that Whiskeys of the World was putting on. And I believe uh, by the time they announced the winners, there were like four entries. 
So I kind of, I was like a default. I was a default semi-finalist. You got in on, I mean, I I liked it though. You made it for me when you uh, came over to hang out. Yeah. Well, it's very Barry. I, I need you to understand what I did to, because I got to the semifinals. They've yet to announce who's won. I need you to understand what I did to try to win. I broke quarantine. I drove an hour into Douglasville, Georgia, because for people who are not familiar, Alabama is state controlled, which means our state controls what alcohol we get, which is absolute horseshit, and I hate it. So absolutely, I uh, I called my mom and I was like, "Where is a good whiskey store?" She's like, "Fucking Georgia," and I'm like, "Cool." So, oh, by the way, Georgia is just open now. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of... Apparently, Bama's mostly open, too. How did it just stop? It's, quarantine's not something you just like, hey, we're done. It's all good. <laughs> See, I don't want to get too dark, but it shouldn't have. It really shouldn't have. Because it's not getting better. Yeah. It, it's not getting better. They just got tired of it. Anyway, back to the story. <laughs> so, uh, we drive to Douglasville, and I was like... I was initially going to go all the way to Atlanta, but I'm like, they've had a lot of cases. I'm not going. So I stop in Douglasville. I say, where's the best liquor store in Douglasville? I look it up on my GPS. I put it in. And I think it was like Mike's Liquor or something like that. I'm like, oh, this will probably be. It's. Yeah, it, you know the best liquor store just got someone's name on it. Like Dave's. Dave's Booze and Cigarettes. <laughs> Do you want Ben's drink? <laughs> It's a liquor store. We're going to we're going to Greg's Juice later. Do you want anything? <laughs> but no, I uh, I I just pop it in, expecting to drive up to like maybe a like a shopping mall, and like it's one of like in a mini mall. It's one of like the little kiosk places. That didn't make sense, but it did in my head. No, what I pull up to is a fucking Circuit City they repainted. Like, it had the exact, like, I knew it because it had the exact roof that a Circuit City had, like that tiled roof. And I I walked in and I was like, the Holy Land, the Holy Land is here. And I went for exclusively one ingredient and it was Bronca Menta. I ended up leaving... With a little under $300 worth of liquor. Jesus Christ. I'm not proud of it, but still. So I ended up, like, making three separate cocktail recipes to try to get in the finals. And so I made a video doing all of these. And you remember a long time ago when we were doing, like, be a man and stuff like that and uh Ah, i was like yeah the golden age i was like it'd be funny if we did an episode where we made cocktails and progressively got more drunk as we made more cocktails i learned three (laughs) it's all it takes to get you there because i make the first one which is the drink i made for you i renamed it the dewey duck because i was already a little hammered that was one. Then I made the one I'm actually drinking right now. And it is the one that if you go to my Instagram, you can learn how to make. It's the Orange Cassidy. And by the third time around, the third time around, I got to the one I named the Crest and OJ. And that was just, I was just there. I was there. Also, fun fact, um, don't put egg white 
in your cocktail at the beginning of mixing the cocktail. Because oh. because I uh, I put it in there because it was rolling off the fucking bar. So I'm like, okay, let's just put it in there before it rolls off and breaks. And then I messed something up. Like, I think I broke the cork on one of... Keep in mind, this is me trying to win a big fancy competition. The cork on a bottle broke. I leave, fix that, come back. I now have cooked egg... I've got a fucking omelet served up home style in my jug at one point i'm like we add two shots of fucking uh of triple smoke and then i try to pour it in the glass and it just goes everywhere it was an ordeal to get this video made i need to see it now because i i I hear what you're saying but i can't physically parse how much has gone wrong in it no 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 what i uh, ended up publishing not that video. I woke up the next day and drank until two in the afternoon as I was trying to get this video made again. Because also, like I said, I came up with three cocktail recipes. So that worried me a little bit. So I messaged Whiskies of the World. Hey, can I submit multiple recipes like we could in like the initial entry phases? And they said... No, one is fine. At that point, I said, oh no, I have to remake everything now. I'm glad they were nice about it. It's like, oh, one's fine. One's fine. Don't, don't, please don't. <laughs> um, oh, you're the one. You're the one is fine. Yeah. Oh, and my favorite is the guy who I'm competing against. He's got like this fucking binging with Babish set up. You know where it's just, like, his waist and he's making a cocktail? Meanwhile, the opening part of mine, I make a dumb joke about ducktails. So I'm like, if they like personality, I win. If they like well-edited video with an intelligent man teaching you how to make a cocktail, I'm definitely fucking (laughs) losing. Well, you know what? The important thing is that you tried. Salute. And also... You may have spent $300 on a bunch of shit to make uh, cocktails. On what I'm bringing to the table tonight, with tax and our previously stated shitty liquor laws, I spent half that much. Uh, On the one bottle or both? Because you got two. On on the one bottle, it was almost $150 after tax. Holy shnikes, dude. What the fuck? This stuff is very high priced on its own apparently yeah i i because i every time before we do one of these i like research and everyone's like yeah it's like a hundred bucks i'm like i've never heard of this before like it's one of those bottles that's so unassuming that i pass by constantly and i'm like "Ah, i'm not gonna pay attention to that (laughs) you know what that's surprising because this is the one bottle that i looked at and i'm like Oh, man, that's a cool label. I want that one. Also, we should it should be stated, this is a Southern Mythology episode, which, of course, means me and Blake are going to get really drunk and come up with dumb... St- either the dumbest stories or the most heart-wrenching emotional stories. It's one or the other. That's it. Depends on what we're drinking. Should we just ju- jump right in? Yeah, yeah, bring yours to the table. What have you got, Kimasabi? I have... Joseph Magnus, triple cask finished, bourbon. Now, 
did you do the same thing I did when I bought Highland Park Magnus and bought it exclusively because it's named after an Adventure Zone character? I'm not gonna lie, that played a part. Oh, when I saw when I saw Highland HP Magnus, I was like, I'm fucking getting this. Let's go. Now I will tell you the second thing that got me is this is um so I found out later doing some research. Of course, this is a source whiskey. But it is sent to the uh, Josephe Mag- Magnus distillers and finished and aged in three different barrels, two wine barrels and a cognac barrel, um, for a long-ass time to give it its unique flavor. Yeah, it comes from MGP in Indiana, which, like, everything, like, bullets made there, like, bullet sources from there, um, Bell Mead sources from there. It's weird how many of, like, these very fancy places source. And I'm not... Sourcing does not mean bad. Because sometimes they do magic stuff, like, put it in wine barrels. Yeah, exactly. And, um, fun fact, the story of Jose Magnus uh, Company starts very similarly to uh, Bell Mead and the Greenbrier Distillery. I know, I thought the exact same thing when I heard about it. I was like, this is <laughs> identical. Yep. Uh, so, a long time ago, before that horrible, horrible dark time of prohibition, a visionary man named Joseph A. Magnus, who, there's a picture of him on uh, their website, and he does look like Cotton Hill if he had both of his <laughs> kneecaps. <laughs> I can't fit him in. <laughs> I can't um, fit him in. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Magnus, he uh, he created a this whiskey, and he basically made this idea of it uh, being finished in sherry and cognac casks uh, before being sold. And the idea of it was that it bec- it was marketed as a particular brand for particular people. In one of the fucking uh, advertisements that I've seen. Y'all fucking weird? You one of them weird-ass motherfuckers drink this shit? Shit. You should see their advertisements. It's got, like, the poshest bald man with a white mustache, like, rich Uncle Pennybags looking, just, like, pouring him a glass. It's got... One of them, which is my favorite, is... It's got a picture of the Sphinx... Except they've edited the image to just look like a dude's face that looks like a normal white dude that would be their target market for the time. That's so problematic. Yes. This was this was what they marketed as a high-class bourbon at the time. And it's like, oh, yes, do you want to be feel like a gentleman? Go home and swig your whiskey. Get this shit. It's got wine barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, back in the day, like, that was a thing. Like, they tried to make whiskey, like, a big fancy thing. And the problem with that is a lot of people were fucking poor. And so, therefore, no one would want to drink whiskey. They'd want to drink, like, gin or vodka. That's why, like, light whiskey became a thing. Have we discussed light whiskey? Uh, yes. Okay, let's go. It's just fucking, it's like half whiskey and half vodka. So basically, it's watered down flavor, but same amount of alcohol. And so they'd be like, this is for the fucking people on the go. This is for the normal class. 
That sounds absolutely terrible. And I also don't know how much lends to the story of not mixing your light and dark liquors, but that just sounds like the problem incarnate. Oh, yeah. Really, really wrong. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the original uh, Magnus Company, uh, they went under during Prohibition because it could not, they just couldn't make whiskey. Because everybody went under during Prohibition. Uh-huh. Uh, Prohibition, as I'm finding out during the course of this, destroyed whiskey in America for a while. Like, absolutely. Because this is another case where uh, one of his descendants found a bunch of old bottles of the original whiskey, like in a cellar or something, and they had um, professional uh, brewers come out and get testers from the bottle because they cracked one of those bad boys open because that's the first thing I would do. Yeah, the Hell yeah. The story as I heard it was they would pass down bottles from generation to generation and he couldn't find one. He was, like he could find them but they were all empty. So he finally found one and they got like a needle and injected down into the bottle and pulled out a sample. It was so weird. Yeah, because the rest of his family was like... They're passing down this old whiskey. Am I gonna save it or drink it? I think you know the answer. Yeah, and so, uh, and and so at that point, I believe he assembled his own Avengers, as it were, of whiskey people. Yep, and uh, now they are uh, sourcing out the actual bourbon and uh, finishing it on their own, and they've got this whiskey that I'm going to taste right now. Okay. I was going to try to describe it, but. You haven't tried it yet. Um, well, while Blake drinks his whiskey, I will let everybody know this was the first distillery in Washington D.C. since Prohibition. Uh, it is a fairly it only it was only started in like 2015. It just started out like it was. Yeah, it's so new. Like I'm surprised at this at how recent a lot of these movements are. Where it seems like. Everybody's just found their great-grandpa's whiskey recipe, and they're starting a brewery. Oh, yeah. All the stories from my mom about my family, like, having moonshiners in it. I'm about to be like, fucking where? Point me to them. Let me know where they are. <laughs> mm. What you getting? What you getting off that? It's very citrusy. Earlier, I was getting a very, like, nutty flavor from it, or a smell. Um... But now I'm getting kind of like, yeah, it's like if you just take an orange peel and just like spritz it up your nose. Mm. The main note I kept seeing earlier was coffee. I heard a lot of people saying like a bit of like bitter coffee. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's my favorite thing in the world is like, because half of whiskey is like, it's all memory. It's if you don't, if I've never tried like asparagus and there's a, a note of asparagus, which there won't be, but if there's like a note of asparagus and I didn't know what that meant, like I'm not going to say it smells like that. So I love when I can bring up a tasting note and somebody goes, fuck, you're right. Ah, shit. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And like, this is like, this is dark coffee. Like this is, there is nothing in this, which is the way that I love my coffee. And this is this is one hundred percent down to down to the bitterness lingering on my tongue even yeah yeah because yeah. like there's no normally I don't get a lot of bitterness with uh whiskeys with bourbon specifically but there's a definite bitter like 
it even takes away from the normal sweet tones that I would have in a bourbon. This is so fucking interesting. Like, I am on a trip right now <laughs> that might be... Hold on. I... He's going back in, ladies and gentlemen. He's going back for a second one. He's looking up to the heavens. Zeus himself has come down and is reaching for the glass. No, Blake. Blake, keep the glass. We need to keep reviewing it. It was too delicious. I was receiving a holy vision from Burbane herself. <laughs> it was it was telling me that if I went any deeper, I would gain true sight into whiskey. I'm really feeling this. Like, I... I don't know if it's worth the $150, like, price point, but it's pretty fucking close. I mean, you know you have to save me some, physically. Like, <laughs> yeah, Yes, I, I do know. Okay, so we've got the story. I don't really... Do you have anything you could pit, cherry pick out of the story that, that we could work with? The most I could think of is, like, the handing something down into a family... Yeah, maybe through generations. <clears throat> now we could we could go down that route, or we could go down the route that we don't see a lot in whiskeys, and we already talked about. But that is the the whiskey for the high class palate, and that is the the whiskey for the rich. Okay, so you want to make a st- well? We've had a good few good rich boy stories. Is my thing. We have. I just think that like maybe this one starts out because when you look at the when you look at the label, it's got a very Art Deco style to it. It's got like something that I would see in New York in the early 1900s. Okay, so you're trying to you're trying to great Gatsby me right now. You're trying to get on the Gats train is where we're trying to go. I'm really glad you're picking up what I'm putting down. Um, <laughs> because that's a perfect place to go. But I kind of th- feel like it would be. If if Great Gatsby were the classic story of Town Mouse, Country Mouse. Okay. So, like, you have somebody who is used to this high-class style basically going into somewhere that's not. Basically taking the high-class whiskey and putting it into the uh, the culture of, like, cheaper whiskey. So not worse. It's just seen as rural versus... Uh, City. I, we're gonna have, there's one part we have to change. This can't be about whiskey. We have too many stories that are about whiskey. This has to I be know it st- can't be about whiskey. I'm just using whiskey as the metaphor this time, I promise. Okay. So, so like, instead of whiskey, just say, John. The high-class John goes into where the cheaper but not less valuable Johns are. No, I don't like that one either. <laughs> yeah, that one's rough. Um... For me, I'm coming back to the narrative of, like, a grandpa dies. 1930s, spoiled, posh, rich boy is got everything always handed to him. His grandfather dies, and he's like, No, daddy! Daddy, where is my inheritance, daddy? And in the will, the grandpa gives the grandson a mission he must... His farm! No, we cannot... We cannot make Stardew Valley. We cannot make Stardew Valley. But no, it is something akin to that where he get if in order to claim his inheritance, he has to like 
I don't know. Like, part of me almost wants to do like a hundred good deeds of Eddie McDowd, and he has to go pay penance for like his sin or whatever. But like, I don't know how the how that would work. He has to go live with. Huh, this is a hard. This is a harder pitch than I thought. Yeah, because I like the idea of to get his inheritance, he has to learn to literally be a better person. Yeah, because he's got to be the worst kind of person. But how would we do that in this kind of time setting? Hmm. I still like that hundred good deeds of Eddie McDowd. Or it could be, oh shit, what if it's this? Wait, it's Southern mythology. Why don't we just have the ghost of the grandpa doing it? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what's up, youngin? It's me, your old grandpa. No, no, no. I, uh... I, I killed Fitty Man! I killed Fitty Man! What if it's this? What if it's... He ha- he cannot have it until he has, uh, a, like, a family or, like, a wife or something. And every single person... Hold on. Stay with me now. Every I, per- I was about to say, because it's like, I can see when you're grasping at straws and it scares me. And, like, every person who's in his class, like his upper echelon, fucking hates him because he's literally the worst. And at one point, he falls. I want him to fall in love with a farm girl. I want it to be him and a farm girl, like, fall in love. Uh... Okay, so maybe... Maybe instead of that, it's a, um, like, it's a rebuke of his, uh, upper-class lifestyle. So, say, maybe the crux of it is that he has to give up the inheritance from his grandfather, um, in order to be with the person that he loves. How about, (laughs) I hate, I have to go back to this fucking idea for you. In order to earn your inheritance, you must work the summer on my farm. And it is, it sends him to a farm. And it, yeah! <laughs> yes! Fuck yeah! 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 Fuck yeah! But. Okay, sorry. But then there's like a footloose component. I don't know how we work that in. Now, the- hold on, because I think I know how we could. We extend it to a year. You have to work on my farm for a year, and you will get my inheritance, because he's a very, like, he used to be, like, this big-time stockbroker or something, and he left all of it. Oh, oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, I want to add a caveat to the uh, working there thing. No one can know who he is. Yeah, no. I think that's good, uh-huh. because no, he he's made sure that nobody knows who he is, like the grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like this. And he has to stay for a year. But I think the story is, during this year, he starts to get to know people in the town. He starts to, like, establish bonds and friendships with them, even falling in love. You're making literally Stardew Valley right now! You are No, 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 no. You are describing the game mechanics of Stardew Valley! That's actually more like Persona, because I'm getting more of the inspiration from Persona, especially because he has a year to do it, and if he doesn't succeed in the year, then, like, he fails. But during that year, he grows and changes as a person because of the people that he gets to know. Can we pull... 
oh shit, no, no, no. I want to do the summer because I want it to be a shorter timeline. I want him to like get in trouble one day because he throws a party at the farm. The farm farmer's daughter like hangs out with him. She's in trouble. Now they're taken apart. That's like your midway point of the story. But here's the big twist of the story, Blake Tanner. This is the 19, this is the roaring 20s. This is when expansion's coming. The factories are taking over America and taking over farmland. Land. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He has <laughs> to use his inheritance to buy the farm. And that's the end. Is He's just like, I'm going to stay here with you, Sally Mae. It's got to be Sally Mae, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to stay here with you, Sally Mae. Me and you. And then, like, there's this big reveal when he just drops the sack of money at the feet of the factory owner. Oh, and they have to be upset. Like, this has to be Sally Mae, Daddy Mae, Jenny Mae, all of them are mad at him. And so this is during his repentance for being a jackass as he buys the farm. And he just shows up one day and gives them the deed and is like, it's okay. You don't have to say anything. Tries to walk away. That's when Sally Mae comes in and is like... No. And then, like, it's like, you're not an asshole. <laughs> I, I always hoped you had it in you. I always hoped. No, I mean, at that point, like, she doesn't know he's a millionaire. They don't realize. Or what if they... No, 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 like, the, the capacity to be a decent person. No, what if... No, here's... What if this... What if they fucking hate the grandfather... They don't know who, like, the grandfather owns... Well, no, they could have known the grandfather owns the farm. And he could have mistreated... He could have... The grandpa could have been just a, as big of a dick as the grandson was. And that's why when he sends him to work on the farm, it's not a punishment. It's him being an asshole. And so, since they hate the grandson, they hate everybody in the family, your big twist, and this is what leads to them all hating him, is when it's revealed that he is the uh the grandson and then that's when they're like you you're one of them you're one of them upper class people like and then oh oh because the uh the upper class family they could own like a factory or something that's already in their small town like a mill or something okay that poisoned the river hold on i don't think we need to go that far i think it just needs to be and like that's they're... why they hate them it poisoned the river somebody's poisoned the water hole <laughs> Okay, okay, whatever. So it is a... Well, it's just gotta be, like, they, it's either gotta be taking jobs away, or it's gotta be hurting the town in some way. Oh, no, that's my plot point, is it's hurting the town. They own the local coal mine. Oh, yeah, and it's poison in the river. It's poison in the lungs. Oh, no, that's where, that's where old, um, Danny May went. Danny Mae died because of the black lung. Oh, yeah, that's how it killed Daddy Mae. No, Danny Mae. Daddy Mae's completely different. Danny Mae is the is the brother of Sally Mae. And he well, was... Well, why couldn't it... Could have killed both. No, no, no. Daddy Mae's still there because I want an aggressive figure with a shotgun to get mad when he encounters his dan his daughter dancing with some freewheeling heroin smoker from out of town. No. Uh, there could be, like... Oh, you could even get an introduction to Danny May, like, early on, like, as he first gets there, and, like, right afterwards, there's an explosion in a cave-in in the coal mine. Oh, shit, that's very good. That's very- and he- 
Well, no, I don't want that because then that also hurts our main boy because then the coal mine's blown up and that's a source of income. I like the black lung angle because then... Oh, that's the thing, though. Like, the shaft that collapses, they don't even care about it. Like, you have a scene where he's uh, thinking about it to himself and he's like, wasn't even one of our most productive shafts. So we... Neither is mine! Grandpa, you're dead. Um, so, okay, we open up. I want there to be three parties thrown. I want there to be the party at the beginning, which is where... It's like it's like the party at the beginning of Anchorman. He's running around drunk, trying to philander his way around with people. It's not working. Party yeah. at the center... I like the idea, too, that his party's, like, he throws them, um... Like, for the people in the town... To basically dress up as high class people and make fun of them, like it's it's a f- it's a fake Great Gatsby, a fake Gatsby. I know. I think he lives near, like he lives in a fancy town. That's why it's such a culture shock when he gets out of there. Then there's the party in the middle. That's the one where Sally Mae finally gets to open up and like have fun. And he at one point he's like, "That's the first real smile I think I've ever seen out of you, Sally Mae." And then, uh, then I don't think he would talk like that though. No, it's it's very it's it's up there. It's not a it's not a low class. It's a fancy. No, no but your first one was a little bit like it. I I had to slowly find my way in there. Don't worry about it, big man. Um, now you know what. We should get a mint julep, Donnie. And, and now, then there's finally the party on the farm. And I think, I think here's the problem. He tries to throw his first, the middle party, like the first party. And that's not how that works down here in the South, baby boy. So finally, the last one, he invites, like, the local jug band to come play. Sally Mae. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like a fall festival, like, hoedown. Oh, God, those were so fucking fun. Oh, yeah. It's to celebrate the farm. It's to celebrate the fact that whatever, like, the May farm is sticking around. And that's the end. And then, like, the very end is, like, a big kiss. And it's a big moment for everybody. But that's it. What's the name of the story, though? Spent a lot of time thinking about the the story and not so much about the name. Hmm. The, ba- the bait bat speak. <laughs> Uh, a particular taste. A particular... Oh, you! Oh, you! That's so fucking good! I'm furious! I am so mad at you right now! That's so good! Oh, man, sometimes they just slip out... Oh, I, I, it was, it was in my vision from Burbane! That was, I was trying to parse it the entire time! And it just said, a particular taste. And that's what you knew. You're like, ah. Oh, shit. I just realized we don't do, we don't do the merch spot anymore. So I just got to pour some whiskey now, I guess. Oh, what? yeah. Well, <laughs> let's dig right in. Well, as we teased earlier, I, uh, I got this bottle of whiskey for free because the fine folks at Corsair thought my berry cocktail was very, was very delicious. And it is <laughs> genuinely, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, my favorite whiskey I've ever had. Uh, Lagavulin might beat it, but there's a difference. I can drink this as much as I want. I only get Lagavulin on good boy days. Like, this is, this is an exclusive. And what I like about it, Blake, 
is on the side it has percentages like 75 percent 50 25 it lets you know how much you've drank i got this bottle last it lets you know how bad of a boy you've been i got this bottle last wednesday and uh, it's down to 25 percent right now and it's about to get lowered even more because i already had some before this and we're gonna keep going i guess fuck it what is uh what is it again it's corsair uh Oh, it's the triple smoke, baby. It, it is a single malt whiskey. Let me see if I, the bottle confirms this, because I heard it was only aged for, like, six months. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. Oh, I can read you these awards, though. Artisan Whiskey of the Year from the Whiskey Advocate. Uh, 9.7 out of 10 from Whiskey uh, Magazine. World Whiskey Distiller of the Year from Wizards of Whiskey. Ooh, very nice. You know what? It sucks. I did have a list of accolades that was attached to my whiskey, too, but I guess I'll just have to leave it. Um, it The one thing that I like about Corsair, and I think you have a different opinion on it, is the Reservoir Dogs ass label. I like it now. Now that it's more subtle, I like it. Yeah. Back in the day, it did look like a fucking freshman's dorm room wall. But the reason it's called triple smoke is when they roast their when they roast their malt, when they open it up, when they dry out the malt, they do it over three different kinds of oak. They use three different kinds of fuel. They use cherry, beechwood, and peat. So it's got cherry if you're into that bourbon. It's got beechwood, which is if you like beaches. <laughs> I'm into the beaches. And then, of course, for for scotch drinkers, it's got the peat. It's got everything you need in a whiskey plate, Tanner. I really wish I could have some of this with you, because I have no idea where to find this around me. Oh, it's not. Like, we're gonna have to go back to Nashville. Uh, So, let's see. Let me go to my notes. Like I said, dried it, cherrywood, beechwood, peat, aged six months, apparently. Um... They use pot a pot still, which is like how a lot of Irish whiskey is made, which made me very excited to see. Uh, they I didn't realize how small they were, but like I, I watched a lot of videos from Corsair before this, and they were straight up like those big thing, big people like Wild Turkey. They will spill more bourbon today than I will make in the entire month, and I was like. Oh, Jesus fuck. Christ. In fact, they were selling used barrels the other day. And I was like, oh, I'd love to get one of those, like make an end table. They don't use big barrels. They use like small, maybe five, five liter barrels. Like they do not use that big of a barrel. Wow. Because it's like, what, the, the one that you, you were using for yours is what, two, three liters? Oh, hold on. I got liters mixed up real fucking 50 liters, I think. Never mind. Oops, oh, super. okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. But still, that's not a huge, not a huge barrel for whiskey. Well, yeah. Th- what they do for the most part is they do small batch. So everything they do is very fucking small batch. And it's because they're Buck wild crazy people. <laughs> they make red fucking. What was it? It wasn't gin. What was it that you had that was like they put uh, certain herbs in it to turn it red? Was it absinthe? Yes, it was absinthe. Yeah, they make. And that absinthe was good. They make like red absinthe. They will do like vanilla bean infused vodka. They've done. When it comes to making whiskey, if it's a grain, they're like, let's fucking throw it in there. They had one that was called Oat Rage that they made with oats. 
They had <laughs> one called Rhymageddon, which is their rye, and then um, the one I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's just called like it's made with quinoa, and I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you guys?" Uh. And, and they change their shit up regularly, but the one thing they do not get rid of and keep coming back to is triple smoke. I wish. I had, like, a fun backstory like you did of, like, the, the grandfather made the whiskey and then the, the bottle got passed down for ages. No, these were two guys who used to, like, make beer and were like, I wish our barrels were full of whiskey. Fuck it, let's <laughs> do it. Let's just do it then. And then they made whiskey. You know what? I can, I can sympathize with that story a lot more because that's how I started doing podcasts. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, it's so good it's got like on the nose which is my favorite part of a whiskey because it i can do it better than anything else i can't taste that good yet but on the nose you get like such strong cherry such strong like a little bit of orange a lot of that oaky barbecue like here's the thing when i heard pete smoke initially i was like oh this is gonna be like an Ardbeg, uh, a Laphroaig, it's going to be real heavy. There's none of that. Like, none of the briny salt water that you get from, like, Laphroaig. It is almost entirely, like, barbecue firewood smoke. Oh, God, I could just... There are times where it's like, I love to smell that shit. Like, that's my one of my favorite smells. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've never gotten, like, a strong caramel off of it, but today I'm getting, like, a very strong salted caramel. Oh, that's very good. I bet this is people's least favorite part of when we do Southern <laughs> mythology. That's why, for the most part, we're usually just like... Like, I remember last time, I was like, Four Roses! Smells like shit! Let's make a story! <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad. The other... When we went to that liquor store, M was like, I'm gonna get stuff to make green tea shots, but I need whiskey for it. I was like... I got a bottle of fucking Four Roses you can have. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Sorry, Four Roses. Maybe it's just what I had. I just had Four Roses small batch. Maybe if you would like to submit <laughs> a single barrel Four Roses for, for, tasting. Me, for me to taste and evaluate, I can change my opinion. We'll see what's going on. Yeah, so, um, hmm. I find it very hard not to go for a story based on the label. Like, very hard for this one. With me, I'm more... I I, I, I want to see if you agree with me here. I want to make a story about, like, a trio. Like, a group of three individuals. Okay, I like that. I think that's a good... I think that's a good place to start. Yes. Holy shit, what the fuck? I just got, like, real strong vanilla extract off the back of that. What the fuck? He's having a revelation! <laughs> Where the shit did that come from, Corsair? You didn't tell me I was going to have some vanilla extract in this bad boy, but okay. okay. There are some times where I think we could really turn this into a cult and like be set for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I thought you were going to say we could turn this into a separate podcast. I'm like, wait till we have enough money, motherfucker. Enough money to buy whiskey every week. <laughs> Shit, until we run out of whiskey, we'll keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it's a trio of individuals. Do we want to do, like, a bandit, like, three bandits? Do we want to do a a three amigos situation where they're, like, three bumbling idiots? Let's see. We've... 
do we want to do the Trace Caballeros route? And they are a stumbling, bumbling band of idiots. Idiots. And we get to see their entire story as we drift drunkenly through a cave at Disney World. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I think that really does sound fun. Like, I want, I want a real, like, I want a mythology element to this, because we went, um, like, I think our best stuff is when we have something that's really, like, uh, that's, uh, more realistic, counterbalanced with something that's got a little bit more magic. We haven't had anything with, like, a lot of magic in a while. Like, last time we made just, uh, Glass Menagerie again... But I feel like that was a response to the fact that we we did an episode where we were like, George Washington fights Wendigos. In the next episode, we were like, we can't do that again. We can never fucking do that again. No, that was the problem. Uh, so maybe this is something like... I want to see three people's journey creating, like... like they create something, like... I, I made the joke about making a cult earlier, but I want them to have a following at some point. Like, I want a lot of people to be behind them for what they're doing. I want to combine both of our ideas into an almost Forrest Gump-esque story <laughs> where it's three absolute dipshits who are just going around, but like like Steve, three Steve Martins the jerks, just stumbling around being jackasses, and they stumble into being, like, a hero of the Old West? Have we done the Old West yet? I think we've done, we've done at least one Old West, but it's been a while. Do we want to do, because uh, now it's gonna go full-on Three Amigos is the only problem. Yeah. What if they're like... I don't... What if I, I really... I want them to kind of end up in Utah, though. Because I want them to mirror, like, the story of Mormonism. Okay, we're gonna start from the beginning. Because <laughs> <laughs> this turned into a Blake dunking on Mormon segment, and I don't want to do that today. I don't want to dunk on the Mormons. I... I do at all times, but that's my own journey. That's so. your journey. That's and I don't want my to get a knock on my and door. And also Trey Parker and Matt Stones. Uh, yeah, I was. I don't want to have to wake up one day and hear a knock at my door and see like, "Hello, I'm gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna <laughs> kick your ass today with this most amazing book." Like, I don't want that shit. Um, so maybe a. I kind of am feeling a Blues Brothers situation. Get the band back together. Not to get the band back. Like, this is before the band even broke up. It's like, mm. it is, it's like the origins of blues. It's like, you have, like, a, a, a melting pot in New Orleans. This is New Orleans jazz. You've got, like, someone who's come up from, I don't know, like, Africa or something. Like, you get someone who's come over from this. Like, you get all these different influences coming together, baby. And it. Oh, see, you brought up New Orleans, though, and I just realized we have not done shit in Louisiana. That's what I want to do that, baby. I want us to do our fucking Princess and the Frog shit right now. Oh, okay. So, prologue. It is this band fucking jamming all the time 
Like, they are one of the biggest hits what? in Nolans. Can we? No. You're describing the secondary characters to my story. Because my story okay. is going to be about... It's like Spinal Tap, but jazz. They're so fucking rough. They're Bad. so yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Now, hold on. It can still work. Because the prologue goes on to describe this great band. At the very end, it moves on to our main characters who are terrible. Yes, exactly. And who get run who get run out of New Orleans at the very beginning. And the story is like one of the guys getting the band back together and going all across like the United States and learning these different styles of music around like that have been brought through the melting pot of the US and at the end they come back to Nolens. What if this is the birth of rock and roll? We're telling the story of the birth of rock and roll. They were too loud in the beginning. They were too crazy. So they got kicked out. And so they all moved around. And uh, when one of their guitars gets dropped, one of their amplifiers gets dropped, it gives it a staticky, grungy noise to their guitars. And our, our lead man, Chucky Barrington. Okay. Who changes his name later to Chuck Barry? Do we... No, hold on, though. Do we... Because I really love this fucking Three Stooges concept, though. Yeah. And I don't feel like we can do that if we make them the heroes of rock and roll. I think they just need to be shitty jazz musicians who find achievement in other ways. I don't know. So the story is about them being the worst jazz musicians, but being great rock and rollers. No, 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 because uh, that's still including them inventing rock and roll, which I don't want. I want them to now, be... Now, we could have a moment where it's like, Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. No, we can't do that either. We cannot do that either. I th- but we can make one of the characters like a cousin of Marvin. No, it is Marvin Berry. One of the characters is definitely Marvin Berry from Back to the Future. And he fucking Chuck hates him so much. Because all he does is call him and say, you know the next hot thing you've been looking for. Listen to this. And it's just him and his band playing. And it's always terrible. <laughs> okay, I like this. I like this idea. <laughs> the band name is like the Berries or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ch- Chuck and the Berries. Or the Marvin Berries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they tour around like Gallagher too. It's Chuck Berry too. <laughs> I feel really bad because we haven't got much of a plot going, but it's really funny. Well, it's about the... It's gotta be a Blues Brothers-esque situation. Yeah. Where it's it's gotta be they've been waiting for probably two years to get one of their one of them got arrested for bootlegging. And they're waiting for him to get out of jail. He's finally out of jail. The band is finally all the way back together. And this is the point where their journey can continue to become like the top band. Do we need so to So they've been they've been working in this town where um like their bandmate was uh in jail and they've had to make a living that entire time and from the moment that he gets out they're broke as shit and the story is them getting back to new orleans to do their music and bumbling all the way through it blake Mm -hmm. you and i both know all too well the discography 
of one Tom McGuire. Should we write the ballad of MC Sick Boy, but as a jazz show? Where the oh. whole time they're thinking he's the key, and when he gets out, he's terrible, and it's all about them trying to be like, oh, fuck, we have to be good now. Yeah, it's them having to realize that it's, like, maybe they got better when their friend was in jail, and he didn't, and so, like, they're they're having to deal with the fact that they moved on, but he didn't, and that's the central theme. It's like they have to give up that bandmate, and they throw him out, like the Beatles did to Pete Best. Well, no, no, I still, this is still a comedy, it's still very Blues Brothers-esque, it's still kinda like, like, I I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how I want to do this, cause I don't know what, like, but then again, Blues Brothers don't really have a plot outside of we're getting, we're gonna... The Blood of Bruce Blues Brothers is we're going to introduce a bunch of characters to you for a few, and then uh, we're going to fucking sing Minnie the Moocher and a few other songs, and then we're getting arrested again. So it could just be a bunch of funny things happening. You know, we, we might spend too much time on worrying about the plot. This might just be, what are the funny things that happen? Let's hit the funny shit that happens from the time that this guy gets out of jail. And then we've got a fucking story. Yeah, exactly. So, open. I like your opening. Your opening is definitely what we start with. And I guess, hold on, it's gotta be like a guitarist slash singer, and he's the one who's in jail. It's gotta be a bassist, and it's a drummer. So that's why it is still the three. And it's like the Smokey Boys or something like that. It's called Smokey and the Bandit, yeah. Smokey and the Bandit, yes. Um, and so he finally gets out of jail. I guess they gotta get in trouble somehow. Like, I, I guess like, oh dude, it's gotta be like their first night back. They go play at a bar, get too drunk because they get played off by the good band from the beginning. Yeah. And then they cause a riot. Big fight, they escape. Yeah, they get out of town real quick, because they are being chased down. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. And so they go from, I think, yeah, I think this all needs to happen in New Orleans, because we can, we can just have a, like, shit show of the South with all of this. Yes, it is like a Bourbon Street shootout. <laughs> so, from New Orleans, where would you go? Oh, I was gonna. Are, are you proposed? I thought you said we were staying in New Orleans. I think they get chased out of New Orleans in the beginning. Maybe like through whatever uh, happens, they think they can go back in the end, and they do, and that's how they get arrested. Oh, oh so you want a Blues Brothers that where all three of them end up in jail in the end? Maybe they do. Maybe this is how we're saved from their terrible like musicians from the terrible musical style. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I've been over here making a cocktail. I am thinking, though. I swear I am. I know. It's just, I'm I'm reaching my limits because I've really been enjoying this whiskey. I don't think we've let it get away from us this bad ever during Southern Mythology, but I think there's a first time for everything. No, no, no. Here's the thing for me. With me, like... I feel bad for you, because for you, this is your last bit of input on this book. For me, 
Anytime we're like, what's the plot? What's this? I can just be like, I'll fucking figure it out. Book's coming out in a year. I got this. Meanwhile, for you, you're like, ah, shit, what have I got to say? What have I got to put in yet? It's like, listen, not everything I shoot is a silver bullet, but I know I've got them in the chamber, so I have to keep shooting till I find one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Mm -hmm. how about this? We'll finalize it by just coming up with characters. There is... What's like a jazz version of MC Sick Boy, who's our guitarist slash vocalist? Uh, uh, Scat Cat Carruthers. I was gonna say that's a name. Uh, Gritty Daniels, Gritty McDaniels, Gritty McDaniels. It's it's Gritty McDaniels, Bone Saw. Um, <laughs> it's Gritty. It's Gritty Daniels, Bone Saw Weathers. And, um, the third one doesn't talk, by the way. This third one, whatever, he doesn't talk. Smiley. Okay, so Bonesaw Carruthers, <laughs> Gritty Daniels, and Smiley, and they're the old Smoky Boys. Yeah. They're the Smoky Mountains. Yes, and I think there could be, like, old lovers coming in play, there could be like romance coming back and forth. Uh-huh. There's like they could. Uh... I want to. I want to. I want to level this right now. We can't. This is the one story. Nothing can be too precious. Everything else we kind of hold in honor of. Like, oh yes, their romance was true. Oh yes, the farmer and him fall in love. Everything's off limits on this table. Nothing's too precious in this story. So these are the most precocious boys we could ever create. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I really... Because I don't know what, like, time period this... Uh, it's gotta be, like, during the heyday of jazz, but I really love the idea of one of them getting press-ganged into working on, like, a ship in the harbor, and the other two have to save him before he ships out. Or, could... Could we run, like, a... Uh, a fucking, um... Oh, brother, where art thou with them? Oh? the uh, He doesn't get released from jail. They he spring get, it. He gets sprung out of jail. Because they're, they're like, that's what it is. Is it's, uh, The opening of the story needs to be like a MTV behind the music of them leaning back and being like, Oh, that was the best band in all of Louisiana. That's the best one I've ever seen. Why the fuck isn't us? And it's them going back and forth about, like, why they're so bad. And it's like, oh, I told you, ever since Gritty got taken to jail, the band ain't been the same. That's because he's the fucking singer and guitarist. (laughs) We're a glorified rhythm section with ain't no shit in front of us. And then that's when... Who's gonna sing? Smiley? And that's when they make the uh, drunken decision. Oh, I guess... Oh, wait, okay, so now they're... they're Okay, hold on. Wait, I guess there would have to be four people then, huh? Because Smiley can't talk. So, whatever. But I am gonna say... Figure it out. So that's when they make the decision to spring him. They spring. They have to escape and run from the law. And that's when they cause the riot on Bourbon Street that kicks them out of Louisiana. They end up on the Florida Panhandle at some beach... Just fucking about on... No, Mississippi. They're in, like, Biloxi on a beach. 
Yeah, uh, the bad beaches. The bad beaches of Biloxi, they're just, like, hanging out there, and that's when they kind of, like, have this heart-to-heart about, like, maybe we ain't fucking good at this. And then that's when Gritty gives up. No, that's when Smiley makes his first words in the entire story. It's when he stands up and is just like, we might not be good, but I'll be damned if I didn't just get drugged to a fucking beach in by God, Mississippi. To hear you two bitch and whine about how we ain't good. We're gonna go down swinging or we ain't going down at all. Fuck you. Get in the train. Okay, I think that needs to happen right as the climax happens. But before that, I really need them to get stuck in the bayou. No, no, no. That's gonna be the escape. The escape is gonna be like the running through the feet. Like the opening of Oh Brother where they're running through the fields. It's gonna be that, yeah. Where Smiley, like, steps on the open mouth of a gator and has to move his foot out of the way before it snaps down. Oh, voodoo woman. They gotta meet a voodoo woman. Voodoo woman who promises to make them better at jazz, but doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And, like, there's a shot of her just laughing at him, like, ha-ha! <laughs> Is there a jail? <laughs> because one of them traded his shoes to her <laughs> to make, like... So they could be fantastic musicians, and then she's like, Now I've got really good shoes. Ha ha! The comedy stylings of Blake Tanner, everybody! Fucking shoes, baby! Real drunk. I think it needs to be like a pack of cigarettes. Like, if you give me a pack of smokes, I'll make you famous. And then she does, like, some ooga-booga, and they walk out. Like, it didn't work. Thanks for the smokes, fuckheads. Voodoo ain't real. <laughs> Makes him sign a contract that says this pack of smokes. And then it, later on, she like rolls it out and says, "And your souls." This is genuinely my. F- this one might be one of my favorites because this one sounds like the most. It's like a perfect combination of like BS ideas versus because like we've gone too sincere to a point where we're like certain ones. It's like they didn't write this. So this isn't BS. This is, like, the perfect level of that sincereness and also buckwild enough that we could love it. <sighs> I think that's, yeah, that's good. I think we got it. We fixed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But until, oh, by the way, I have come up with a new idea. Uh, for what was awesome this week, I say we no longer have to explain it. We just answer it and don't don't question it. You just move on from there. You don't have to explain what was awesome this week. You just say it. So Blake, Blake, what was awesome this week? Olive oil. Oh man, three D printing. Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me at Blake A Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube, and you can find me here on the BS Network on all of these fantastic podcasts that I do. Uh, you can find me, like, on a load of BS, like, on Fight Boys, that's, like, on that's Deviant. This, that's this show, That's boy. this show! Uh, <laughs> you keep listening. Uh, this has been a long night. I only get this bad on Southern Mythology episodes now, so... With Bing. me, uh, with me, this is a second, this is second, you paid for this is the most fucked up I get when we record anything. Which, by the way, if you want the latest episode of You Paid for This, go to patreon.com slash a load of BS and check out me and Blake Tanner watching Ghost Rider, which might be the movie that has started off with the most promise and ended up so terribly by the end. 
So you can get that at patreon.com slash a load of BS. You can find me on Twitter at scottymo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy my books on Amazon, and you can check out all the other BS Network programs online at www.aloadofpurebs.com. Special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brassholes for our theme song, Ric Flair, from their album, Tom McGuire and the Brassholes. It, it really did take me a minute to remember the name. Um, go support Tom and the Brassholes on uh, Spotify, uh, go buy their album, and go check out what they've been doing, because uh, Battle Weapons is... Yeah. Battle Weapons out yet? Battle Weapons is out, Caveman is out. I actually used Get Out from their self-proclaimed out, their uh, self-named album in my whiskey video. So go check out that cocktail video too on Instagram. And of course, remember to support us on Patreon. Pick up that merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com. Or of course, just tell a friend. Go to your Twitter. Tweet out, check out a load of BS. Ladies and gentlemen, we need all the support we can get. But until next time, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no subs. To do so, we will see you next week. <laughs>